over a thousand generations of Jedi Knights and Guardians of Peace, Justice, Hello and welcome back to A People's History of the Old Republic. Uh, as always, my name is Luke and I am joined by my co-host Kelsey. And uh, today we are going to um, continue talking about you know the politics of these various organizations in uh, in the galaxy far, far away. And uh, we're going to get to the big one and uh, we're going to start on it anyway. And that's the Jedi. But before we get there, I uh, got a little bit of a question here. Um, question that uh, that I found um, on Twitter that I thought was uh, was interesting um, so in return of the Jedi when uh, Luke is in the throne room and uh, Palpatine's just revealed that uh, the battle station is fully operational and it's all a trap um, and then Luke calls his lightsaber over and uh, and goes to strike Palpatine down does Vader block it because he's protecting Palpatine or does he block it because he's protecting Luke from the dark side thoughts Kelsey yeah so I am I I just pulled up the the scene to to double check and I think um it's got to be it's got to be protecting from the dark side it's one of those it makes Vader's turn um or or return as it were such such a moment that we see him here and like obviously there's not we're not seeing any real strong expressions on his face um <laughs> but i think <laughs> it's such a compelling moment because uh because luke is very clearly um full of anger it's a um and it's a move we see um referenced well in the last jedi too um when when kylo ren makes the decision to strike and it's very clearly motivated by anger as well and that's not it's it's obviously a a wholly different dynamic but there's no move to to stop him from killing snoke that was sort of the point but that's kind of plays out we can look at the last jedi throne room scene as playing out what happens if vader stands back and lets luke strike down the emperor um and like it's unclear if if the if vader's uh blocking of the strike is what would save it um, but this is the, this, this fight scene, right, is the, the whole moment of, of Vader's growth where Luke refuses to strike him out mm-hmm. of love is what it takes for Vader to have that redemption. But we don't get there if he doesn't block Palpatine first or not block the strike against Palpatine yeah. first. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, I like the idea. I like the idea that, um, it's uh luke striking or that that it's vader stopping luke um i don't know that that was (laughs) that was the actual intention that uh, they they had when they when they went into it but um um you know i i like that idea i think i think it's i think it's good from like a from a character you know a growth perspective and it's something that i'd never really um I'd never really considered until very recently because, you know, I saw some people talking about it and I was like, huh, I've never really thought about it like that. Um, you know, because, you know, I just kind of always assumed, you know, oh, he's just stopping loot, you know, he's just, uh, protecting, uh, Palpatine. Um, but I really like the idea and, you know, it does add a little bit more to the, um, 
you know, you, uh, you know, I saved you earlier, you know, proving, you know, proving that, that there is something still there. And then, you know, you saved me later, um, you know, b- between Luke and Vader. So, uh, I like that idea. I don't, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Lucas did, maybe that was Lucas, um, Lucas's intention there. And, uh, um, but you know, I, we also, I, I think one way we can read, and I don't know if it was Lucas's, um, intention at the time in the, in the structuring it or the, um, I forget who actually directed uh, Jedi. It was a, a different, but um, Richard. Um, yes, mm-hmm. starts with an M. Mm-hmm. It's going to bother me. Mark one, Mark one. Okay, um, so one thing we can though to see more um, because Lucas gets to tell. Um, he tells the first time Vader intervened to protect Palpatine from a Jedi. Um, he gets to tell that story later, right? So, um, but. Mm-hmm. Um, chronologically earlier, and that's in the th- uh, the scene in Revenge of the Sith, where that's that's the that is the moment that Anakin makes his allegiance clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and in both instances of um, this, right of Vader moving to protect Palpatine, he is you can read into it as him doing it out of love of his family, right? He's saving. Mm-hmm. He's he, Palpatine. And Vader's mm-hmm. relationship is instrumental. Um, it's they're they're not. There's not a tremendous amount of love mm-hmm. there. They both see each other as useful um, to their own ends, and that's that's really well established throughout the the whole saga. But um, what we get with this is that he his his move to turn against the Jedi is because he's worried that the Jedi he sees the Jedi acting out of hate and anger to hurt someone who offers a way to protect the one he loves. And in this, he's trying to protect Luke from doing the thing that Mace Windu had done earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he had killed Mace Windu, or that he had, he had uh, stopped Mace Windu over, and then Palpatine kills kills Mace. And so it's interesting because the dynamic is so, so switched and so personal. Um, mm-hmm. But I think um, to the extent that, that I, it's one of the more more blatant uh it's like poetry moments of the prequels and the original trilogy <laughs> um but i think it's a really um he doesn't get to see luke act differently because after um anakin blocks mace i'd have to double check the scene but i'm pretty sure they start fighting outright or mace is not doesn't hesitate to no just, no no uh, he uh mace comes down mace brings his blade down Anakin chops off his arm, and then that's Palpatine screams unlimited power and blasts him out the window. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. So that's the thing. So mm-hmm. it's the... Um, so in this one, because Vader doesn't immediately destroy Luke afterwards, it gives Luke mm-hmm. the opportunity to show um, to, to that he won't strike Vader, but will strike Palpatine, which is a really interesting... Uh, thing where in the the earlier uh, the the Jedi assassination attempt on Palpatine, it's very clear that they it's a fight to the death that everyone is going into for all participants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, you know, I think the um, I, I think regardless of whether they you know regardless of whether it was the intent, um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. You know, head cannons, uh, head cannons are what they are and everybody has one. And you know, that's, uh, that's fine. Um, 
Uh, but, you know, I do think that, you know, that is interesting because you have the parallels with Mace um, in Revenge of the Sith. Then you have the parallels later with Vader where he, you know, strikes, he, he, uh, Luke overwhelms Vader, uh, knocks him down and, and takes off his hand. And, you know, he looks down and he realizes, you know, he's, he's just going to become like his father and he, you know, and he stops. Um he has that moment to, you know, stop and think about it and, and realize that this was a bad idea, but, um, he didn't have that, uh, he, he didn't have that moment. He, he hadn't had, you know, really had that epiphany just yet about, you know, like, no, I have to remember my training. I have to remember that I don't need to be like my dad. I have to remember the force, the, the dark side cave, uh, you know, and, and not just become the, the same thing. Um, when when he went to strike down Palpatine, he didn't have that uh, that um, uh, he, he didn't have that moment uh, to think about it, you know. And that's something that comes up in in the Last Jedi because he doesn't have that moment to to think about, you know, with uh, with with Ben Solo when he when he when he's you know he he ignites the lightsaber briefly, you know, if he. If he has, you know, if he gives himself more of a moment to think or, you know, if Ben even lets him explain or, you know, something like that, you know, you, you've got that, uh, he, he, he doesn't have, you know, that, uh, that, that time to, uh, to, to think quickly. And so, you know, you, you get that, you get that scene, um, uh, redone, uh, you know, a few ways, you know, both by, by Lucas and then, uh, in the sequels by, in this case, Ryan Johnson, um, so yeah, I think I think that's that's very uh it's very interesting, you know, the the different ways it plays out because you know there are the times when you know what's what's going on with, you know, with with Luke and whether he's going to strike someone down and kill them is he, you know, is is this uh is this, you know, I, Luke that wants to save his father is this Luke that's going to force choke two Gamorreans to death <laughs> like um in the beginning of that movie like I think a lot of people always forget about that because they like to make Luke into like a paragon it's like yeah at the very beginning of the movie he's intentionally wearing all black uh you know to mirror his dad and he just you know kills these two guards that he could easily have just you know knocked out or force uh, right you know um or you know uh, mind trick <laughs> no absolutely i was just gonna i was gonna say i'm glad we, we converged on the point right but it's easy to forget how um because of how sort of embedded it is but like on the first viewing of return of the jedi um i mean the title suggests obviously the outcome but it's structured and um, costumed and played in such a way that Luke not turning to the dark side is unclear until really until after the um, after Vader blocks his blow. Um, it takes until that moment. It's not clear that Luke has fully followed um, a different path than Vader and isn't willing is willing to that Luke is willing to. Um, to die to change the outcome, but isn't willing to uh, kill someone he loves to do it. Um, yeah. yeah. And he's, and it's interesting because, I mean, even after, after um, the rescue on Tatooine and uh, Luke goes back to Dagobah and he, you know, has the whole talk with uh, Obi-Wan where Obi-Wan's like, Hey, yeah, so I lied to you, but uh, you, you've got to kill your dad anyway. Um, uh, 
you know, like Luke is very uh, conflicted at that point, you know, and I mean, he's got like, you know, this is one of the times where Luke, you know, Luke is just completely right. He is absolutely right. He, he, he's, he's, he, you know, he's like, you know, why did you lie to me? You know, and I mean, obviously there, you know, the, the background reasons, but you know, in universe, you know, why did you lie to me? Why, why did you lie to me about all this? And so it's like, you know, now, I mean, it's so ingrained, you know, throwing away the lightsaber like that just like undoes, you know, everything else that's happened in the movie because it's so brave and, and, and awesome. But, you know, like he, but like, you know, he, he left Dagobah like pissed off at Obi-Wan, um, you know, and, and with good reason. And so it's like, you know, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, you know you're right like that that Luke's whether Luke is going to turn to the dark side or not isn't really you know um you know it isn't really uh up in the air but you know right there for a split second you know he was going to until you know Vader intervened and you know pushed it in a different direction and then you know he pissed Luke off again and you know by you know figuring out about Leia and yeah and then then that was that <laughs> yeah and I mean in, in the in the old old EU there was um in the old EU and before the prequels there was a lot of stuff written about like Luke in the immediate like post return mm-hmm. the Jedi era and like especially before he starts like founding the new Jedi temple and starts training up the next generation of Jedi where he is uh toying more with the dark side or seeing if he can incorporate aspects mm-hmm. of it or like uh when there's like the the whole parts with like palpatine clones and all this and like the i think it's dark empire heir to the empire it's one of those um <laughs> yeah things there's it's a dark lot empire, yeah yeah of yeah does is is luke bound to a dark path and we see it played out um in the expanded universe's uh saga of the solo children and then sort of that's referenced or incorporated or at least informs how um Mm-hmm. how it all plays out in the actual sequel trilogy um but yeah I mean, it's an interesting it's an interesting moment it's not a, a second i had thought about because it seemed so natural upon watching like because why is luke doing this but why why luke is luke's actions are very clear but vader's um mm-hmm. well of course vader protects him but then why but then it's it's a it's a scene that opens and vader makes every significant choice in the fight yeah until until the end when when Luke uh, you know throttles him basically. Yeah. Well, and then he, even then, and even then, right? It's the um, that Vader um, starts the fight by saving Palpatine's life from Luke, or really saving Luke from this the, mm. the from having killed Palpatine, and then he goes and kills Palpatine himself. Like that's huge. That's a, that's a, that's yeah. the whole character arc in miniature plays out in Mm -hmm. in the throne room scene yeah exactly yeah and i mean you know it's also one of those things where it's like even if vader doesn't block it um you know like palpatine's gonna block it with his hand or whatever but you know still it's it's the thought that counts vader it's the thought that counts um yeah so um yeah good question uh you know good uh good little icebreaker to uh to start off with uh, but, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Jedi and what the fuck it is they actually do. Um, so 
so it is that we uh, we finally arrive at what is probably the political crux of the whole fran- franchise, and that is the politics of the Jedi. Sure, there's always you know, there's always this focus on the Republic in the movies, but the Republic really can't stand on its own without the Jedi. Even when they had a standing army in the days of the Old Republic, the get the government still needed the Jedi to mediate disputes, provide protection, and teach children born with superpowers how to use them. And let's just be realistic here. No matter how much the Jedi suck, they're they're never going away. Even the Republic, which is the Star Wars platonic ideal of a government, has taken on other forms in the past and may do so again. The Jedi, however, remain. Even in the most thorough deconstructions uh, in the Star Wars universe, like Knights of the Republic 2 and The Last Jedi to a much lesser extent, uh, they both end up reifying the Jedi as a flawed but necessary force for good in the galaxy. And this is true both from practical in-universe reasons and for meta in-real-life reasons. Practically speaking, you need the Jedi as a necessary counterweight to the bad guys who can also use superpowers for evil and who would seek to turn superpowered children towards despotism, enslavement, and empire. Not to mention the whole X-Men problem where force-sensitive children manifest uh, their use of the force in devastating ways that accidentally kill others or cause destruction because it's hard enough to control the force even with training. If your universe has superpowers in it, someone or something has to exist to train to train those who have such powers, both for their protection and for the protection and safety of the of the public. Uh, they don't even have to be called the Jedi; they could have another name, but some organization with that per- with the purpose of protection and training would have to exist. Now, with all that being said, let's turn to the crass, uh, real-world perspective, which is fairly simple because, I mean, come on, you're not getting rid of the Jedi, even if you had the perfect story to tell uh, that every single Star Wars fan agreed was amazing and was going to do away with the Jedi. uh, Disney shareholders would have your head for trying to get rid of the Jedi because the name alone is a pop culture touchstone worth millions upon millions of dollars. I know that uh, nobody wants to think about money uh, when they think about things like that, but that's just how it is. Um, You know, sorry, we're stuck with them now. Obi-Wan's exposition from A New Hope was just too good and too indelible on too many people for them to ever abolish the Jedi. So, now that we know we're stuck with them, let's take some episodes to figure out what the hell they actually do and why they suck so damn much. So uh, we're going to spend the rest of this episode, uh, or we're going to spend a whole episode talking about why the Jedi suck and how that can be fixed in future stories and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we need to start out uh, by covering uh, the basics in this episode. Um, And, you know, mainly we need to figure out what type of relationship the Jedi and the Republic have, how the Jedi view themselves and their role in the galaxy. and, uh, And today specifically, you know, kind of what... Uh, a day in the life of Jedi of Jedi kind of looks like because we you know in the movies we see it you know and they're fighting battles and they're you know in the Clone Wars and they're doing stuff like that but you know that wasn't what for for most of their history that was not what they were doing they had many many other roles and you know so we need to talk about that because it's one of the things that doesn't really um, it doesn't really come up as much you see it in um, in the more kind of like slice of life stuff, like uh, there was there's some stuff in the Knight Errant and 
KOTOR comics, you know, both of, uh, both from John Jackson Miller and, um, and, and other things like that, um, where you kind of see like what people, what, what Jedi just do on a daily basis. So, you know, we just kind of, uh, just kind of wanted to, to talk about that because yeah, the, uh, Jedi, they do a lot of, um, they do a lot of stuff and it's not just, um, it's not just, you know, whipping out their lightsabers and, and killing, killing some droids or, you know, hunting down smugglers or whatever. It's, it's, it's a lot, you know? Um, and you know, next time we'll kind of talk about, you know, what the Jedi, uh, you know, view is like an internal philosophy and everything like that. Um, yeah, but for today, uh, it's, you know, uh, go to, go to work with a Jedi day and, uh, we're just going to talk about it. Uh, you know, some, some examples of, you know, things that they do. So, um, you know, Kelsey, I think one of one of them, and it was something that came up a lot in uh, Tales of the Jedi, was they're just some of them are just kind of watchmen for you know certain sectors. Like they they're there with their Padawan, or you know, in the case of Legends, Padawans, and they're just kind of there to hang out, protect things. <laughs> so yeah, one of the things that is um, sort of the to, to to back it up just just a little bit, we um, to the point about Obi Wan's exposition, we are first introduced to the concept of the Jedi, other than the opening scrawl, I believe, of A New Hope, um, we're introduced to them by, here mm-hmm. is this last remnant in hiding after a war and a loss in that war um, mm-hmm. who holds on to this weird tradition. And then so he, get, he is, um, he's our introduction and he's hardly an unbiased uh, source in all of this um, as, as we've seen, but so we we learn about the Jedi after the fact, right? It's this is um, this is to to continue our our trend of uh, misusing biblical metaphors. This is an apostle <laughs> running around talking to like the first case. He's like, no, 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 you got to understand me. This is what it was like, um, and that's the version we get. We don't get the direct version of it until really um, we see the the prequels deal with it, but they also deal with. Um, what it was at the end. And that's sort of like writing a history of the Roman Republic that starts um, that starts with Julius Caesar, which like you get a lot of the dynamics. You see sort of the culmination point of what happened, mm. but you don't get to see what how the order existed to come to a point where this was the, these were the fault lines and this was the break. And so one of the things mm-hmm. that is super neat... Um, about about how the the comics and earlier stuff is flushed out as we get to see many different incarnations of it and the idea of Jedi um, in in the Kotor comics um, as sort of guardians or maybe even guardian is a bit much but maybe like liaison or intermediary the galaxy is vast travel is fast in Star Wars but they still manage to make it the galaxy is super vast um, and there's they 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 very clearly emphasize right. There's finite people within mm-hmm. the Jedi Order to do the job they have been tasked with, which is how do you ensure peace between peoples and planets on a galactic scale? Um, and the Jedi are an answer as well. If you have a superpower that lets you feel and interact with life force in a special way, mm-hmm. then maybe that's enough. Maybe that is enough to um honor that and maybe that's also enough guiding line there and it's a really interesting concept if we look at the jedi sort of um 
as a supranational structure or not even supernatural, but superstructure over the the planets in existence. Um, and there's there's certainly uh, traditions in history um, in in real life about um, religious orders having a kind of caretaker and intermediary role mm-hmm. between various peoples, and then sort of reporting to it, but not being able to um, not being able to bind the actions of the people they interact with, but being able to sort of create a kind of common uh, intermediary language and set of tools for mm-hmm. resolving conflict. Um, this will be easily the the, uh, the the first of many. Are the Jedi really just the medieval Catholic Church uh, metaphors we go to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, you know, it, it, if you're if you're going to create a universe that big with that many different disparate beings and. Uh, and in um, groups and allegiances and everything like that that would crop up in a universe with like I don't know I think it was in the in the EU it was like twenty quadrillion beings or something obscene like that. Um, you have like there has to be like some kind of like overarching metaphysical thing that like reigns it all in because I, I mean in my opinion it's functionally it would be functionally impossible to have like anything like a galactic government of of this of the scale that you see here or like in foundation or you know uh, or dune or anything like that you know that's just my personal thing i don't think it, it would work but it, but the reason that it works like in in star wars is because you know you're like okay yeah like all of that is true, but they have the force and, you know, so it's like the force is that like great, um, like a leveler almost of everything. Like it, you know, it's like, okay, like, yeah, we don't, um, we, they don't normally have these huge standing armies. And even when they do, you know, that's not enough to just like keep every single world in line because there's too many worlds and too many beings and et cetera, et cetera. But you have these people who like, you know, one Jedi can function like an, you know, like a, like an army, you know, like, and, and I mean, that was originally like, you know, the, the George Lucas conception of it is like, you know, one, you know, one Jedi plus like a squad of troops. And like, that's like, you know, that's like a fucking battalion or, uh, you know, what a core or whatever, you know? And, and, um, when you have that, when you have that great equalizer and also these people can like kind of peer into your mind and, really can anticipate things like, you know, not necessarily with like prescience, you know, uh, but, you know, they can sense danger slightly before it happens. And that kind of equalizes everything. And you can be like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, these people are badass. I'm not going to fuck with, you know, and then people are like, yeah, I'm not going to fuck with uh, the space wizards um, because they're scary and they could kill me. But, you know, so they're, they're like a necessary, like, um, I guess bracket in order to like make the, make the, the power of the galactic Republic or the empire. Um, like I guess not believable, but you know, not something where you just roll your eyes and like, Oh, this could never possibly, you know, like you, you, you've got this force and they're there and, um, you know, they, they're, they're the ones with superpowers. They have the monopoly on the super, on, you know, the use of superpower force for the most part. So, (laughs) Yeah, um, they kind of equalize everything and then they just 
like in Tales of the Jedi, they just end up being watchmen for sectors, you know. And that, that and I mean, I think, I think that's literally on the first page of the first comic of Tales of the Jedi. Is you know, they're like, oh, you know, in the old days, the Jedi were you know watchmen for sectors, and you know, this is what they did. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that really sort of stands out. Um, in that, right, um, and this will this will sort of shift us to also talking about their, their diplomatic duties. Is that the because the Jedi have demonstrable power um, in person, they also have um, this this reputational power that that, uh, and we we see them them play this up a lot. Where the moment is, um, do they go out of their um, do people? People don't tend to call out the Jedi on mm-hmm. um, not being capable. Or if they do, we usually see it. It's like it's like three goons, and they all get uh, get their shit wrecked. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we see it at, at sort of scale, it takes um, imperial scale, or it takes the scale of armies to really meet and match Jedi where they are. Right, um, it's it's the the two Jedi pointing at the sky and seeing all the Tie Fighters and Star Destroyers. Like this is what it takes to equal our power, um, kind of moment. Um, mm-hmm. They're just doing all the cross references today, but I think it's one of the things that really <laughs> really stands out is that because if you have a powerful enough reputation, then the moment in which you are called upon to prove it often only bolster that reputation. Uh, because mm-hmm. if you're called upon to, to prove that you're good at fighting and you defeat three guys who, who doubt you, then what are the odds 50 guys are going to say, well, I bet you can't take 50 of us. Um, yeah. And that's and that makes it so that you can have an outsized um, importance and an outsized effect, which lets the Jedi do their, um, their other big role. And this is the one that we see um, in sort of the last moment of the pre-Clone Wars Republic, um, where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn are on a diplomatic mission, right? That's sort of the thing, is that you send in diplomats who can, um, I'm just going to roll with this, who can fight their way out of any possible space Benghazis they might find themselves in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. 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 If if yeah, if America had, had Jedi, Wait, been, what if what if Benghazi would have been different? What if we built the entire ambassadorial core out of diplomatic security? Um, obviously, um, and also they had superpowers. I think I can't overstate that that enough. Um, it, it turns out that diplomatic careers are not um, literally superpowers. No, except in this universe where uh, they kind of are, um, because. Uh, one of the, I, I guarantee you that one, even though I myself am not a diplomat, I guarantee you that uh, having the ability to read other people's minds uh, would make you very good at diplomacy. Very, very, very good at it. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, you know, this is, di- diplomatic stuff is one of the other like things that you kind of see the Jedi really doing, you know, like, uh, um, in the Phantom Menace, technically Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are on a diplomatic mission. Um, I mean, obviously they have to uh, protect themselves with their cool laser swords, but, um, you know, it's still a diplomatic thing. They were sent there specifically by the Supreme Chancellor, or the, the Chancellor to, you know, to, to investigate this thing and figure out what was going on. And I mean, it's something like you repeatedly see over and over and over again, where like 
if the Jedi exist, they are, if they exist in any way, shape or form, they are doing like diplomatic work. They are, uh, liaising with, uh, you know, with the Republic or the Republic military or the Senate or the chancellor specifically. And I mean, this is something, uh, it, another thing where we get a lot of slice of life stuff is, um, the new, uh, high Republic stuff has, you know, a good deal of this. And there's a lot of stuff where, you know, like the Jedi, you know, like, Oh, uh, you know, there, there's like a Jedi who's assigned specifically to protect the chancellor under certain circumstances. And, you know, and they're Jedi who are assigned to like do this kind of work and they basically are diplomats, you know, all the time. And so it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where they do it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, how did you, how, how did you miss all of this? Like you can peer into people's minds. And I realize that like they teach not to do that specifically, but like, it's very obvious from, you know, context clues and, you know, them just coming out right and saying it in like novels and stuff that they can, I mean, like they can just like listen to people's thoughts if they want, like, I don't, how, how do you lose? <laughs> right. I mean, I think, and that's sort of the, one of the things I think that's really sort of um, building on that as their, their role as both watchmen and as diplomats. And then, so you've got this sort of uh, this, this religious, but also functionally like military and, um, and diplomatic core. You sort of have all the, the functions of the state, except Except the ruling, it's all sort of the functionaries of the state more than the um, in one set of individuals. And what they're tasked with, I think, is sort of the other interesting part of that, where the reason that the Jedi are throughout this and so wedded to the Republic is that the Jedi ensure smooth functioning within the Republic. They don't, mm -hmm. um, and we see it um, perhaps no moment more clearly than in Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon... Uh, plays by the rules of Tatooine to barter for a child and doesn't barter <laughs> for the child's mom. Um, and, like, there are certainly reasons you would have a powerful, life-respecting, religious military order um, not go after slavery, but both basically those reasons are you want a smooth functioning of relations between the, mm -hmm. the people in power of that planet and other planets. You don't really, like, there's not... There's no good. There's uh, there's no good liberation theology um, yeah. among the Jedi, or at least there aren't at that point. Um, and it creates a kind of weird function where the role of the diplomat is to calm tensions between armed groups more than it is mm. um, to ensure like a just functioning of the universe. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think. Uh... <sighs> Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think they're like, I think there's definitely like a strain of like, okay, you know, some like there are good Jedi. There are Jedi who, you know, try to do good and, and, you know, it may not always work out. And, you know, they may, um, you know, they, they, they may have other issues, but I mean, you know, they're, they're trying to do good in this world and they're trying to like fix some things. And I mean, Qui-Gon is a very good example of that. You know, he's, you know, he, he constantly butts heads with the, butts heads with the, um, uh, with, with the council and everything like that, because he's trying to, you know, finagle these situations like and and still work within his mandate but also like uh, uh also you know um 
free people and, and you know materially aid them in some way and, and another guy like that was uh zane carrick um from the kotor comics is very like um you know okay i have you, you know i'm gonna I'm, I'm i'm literally gonna throw myself into situations where i might die in order to like save these people who are helpless because of you know circumstances or the situation or the people they're facing or whatever um and, and you know when you see stuff like that you're like okay like yeah this is a good jedi this is like what they should be doing and you know it's very interesting that we have that you know another one is like Kane and Jarrus from um from uh, Rebels um and you know it's like we have these like disparate ones who are out there doing it and you know a lot of the problem seems to be that like uh on the council they they like lose um they lose sight of a lot of that stuff because they keep getting carried away by like you know political fact external political factors and things like that and it's like um you know to what extent is uh you know are are these problems self-inflicted and i think it's probably a decent um a, it's probably a decent extent even though like um you know yo, like people like yoda is not like an unfeeling like character and like he would definitely want to stop slavery if he saw it existing um you know and he he thought he could within his mandate but at the same time you know he's he's going to keep that status quo going because i mean and i don't really think that is necessarily just because he's trying to preserve his position um you know i think he he would argue that it he was doing it because um you know because that's the jedi mandate that's you know that's that's what they have to do but at the same time you know it's still just reinforcing <laughs> it's one of those like fundamental narratives about the the limitations and compromises forced on people by being in power or to maintain power like what are the choices you have to make what is the what do you have what what moral actions are you disencouraged from taking so that you can mm -hmm. possibly make other right calls that you won't that won't be so so contested um mm -hmm. or so fought over um, and one of the big ones that the Jedi um, that the Jedi make in canon, um, and especially in the films, right, is they prioritize the uh, political integrity of the Republic um, mm -hmm. over, like, rooting out corruption in the Republic or over um, bringing justice to the people um, oppressed within the Republic. We see, and you can sort of, right, you can have, you can obviously have, uh, conflicts where it starts as one goal and ends on the other, but there's never a moment where the Clone War, uh, which right opens and is named after the class of people created to fight in it, um, mm -hmm. is never really about. It never becomes a war of emancipation in the way that, say, like the U.S. Civil War, which starts as territorial and political integrity, ends up becoming an abolitionist war through the process of mm -hmm. fighting and sustaining it. We don't see the Jedi having to make those choices. They, um, they just go as far as it's the Republic itself is important. Um, and that's a big, mm -hmm. big limitation. That's sort of the kind of thing um, that gets written in. is like this is what happens when the religious order prioritizes its relation to existing power mm -hmm. over um over other other callings or other tenets of of the teachings as as you like what gets what gets selectively emphasized over time um yeah 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 i i yeah it's 
Um, hmm, what am I trying to say? Um, it's it's that they like they have this like concept and you know like um you know the the infallibility of uh you know of the of of the republic the ideal the idea of the republic you know is something that they you know that that they kind of cling to and it's you know this thing where you know they they just end up making you know mistakes and mistakes and mistakes and mistakes because i mean like realistically like if the jedi got their shit together they should be able to like diplomatically finagle to where like a lot of this stuff isn't happening now I'll say that like one like one of the more like spurious things about the Jedi is that like um or one of the one of the things that I think gets kind of taken out of context is like um it, it, like the Jedi weren't just like sitting there like oh yes slavery is happening um you know on Tatooine and we are not going to do a single thing about it um because we don't have you know that they, they're not doing that so it's not like you know if they find out these things are happening and they can do something about it, it I mean it's it's shown over and over again that they will like try to stop you know things that doesn't make them good or them you know wholly right about anything but like you know it, it should you know you, you shouldn't just walk away and be like yeah you know like the Jedi like uh condone slavery and things like that because they they don't and like you see um like in in certain in like novels and stuff like that like master and apprentice has this thing where like qui-gon who is about to be put on the jedi council um in the book before he eventually turns it down later but um so like he's one of the most knowledgeable people like in the galaxy about all these things even he doesn't know that zerker corporation technically has slaves like he doesn't know that people are actually enslaved by Zerka and it becomes a big thing in the book and it becomes like a whole crisis of, of conscience with Qui-Gon but like it, there are so many people and so many planets and so many things in the galaxy that 10,000 or even 20,000 Jedi like some of that stuff is going to go go you know is going to get missed now with all that being said I mean, yeah, as soon as they found out there was slavery going on in Tatooine, they should have had somebody down there at the, uh, you know, at the diplomatic office, like haranguing the chancellor and everyone else and being like, hey, man, what the fuck? You know, like, so they, you know, they didn't do what they needed to do about it. But, you know, it's not like they're just like, oh, yep, chattel slavery's happening. Well, that's, uh, yeah, we're good with that. Thumbs up to chattel slavery. You know, I, it's it's not quite like that. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, the diplomacy aspect. And those are, you know, two of the ones we really see. We, we see a little bit of this next one too, uh, in the movies and that is, uh, the research and study. So these are the, like the Jedi are already nerds. These are the real, the real dorks of the Jedi. This is, you know, Jocasta new and attack of the clones, uh, you know, the sacred Jedi texts, uh, burning the tree, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like these are the, the dorks. Um, and yeah, there, there are a lot of them and, and some of them have, you know, holocrons 
uh, they protect holocrons and things like that, which is, you know, we talked about that on one of our uh, uh, review episodes, the holocron heist, um, you know, where they have this, this secret room that only the Jedi council has access to, you know, but they're, they're all over the, the Jedi archives, they're archivists and, and librarians and, you know, people doing all that sort of stuff. And yeah, they control, they control the info and, um, you know, make make the necessary changes and there and there are people like uh in different novels that you know this described as there are people who just spend their whole lives doing research into various topics because the jedi also have like um advanced you know advanced knowledge um through these like secret tomes and secret texts and stuff that nobody else has and so like you know they might be called upon to like investigate some healing thing in order to stop like a a a virus or you know something like that like that that is a very common type of thing that just shows up so yeah being a jedi librarian seems uh nerdy but you get a lightsaber so there's that (laughs) well it's also one of the things um that i think is really neat about the jedi having this this um this this tradition right oh the with with uh culminating of course in in the sacred the burning of the sacred texts but they are no 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 no. They not my my not my not my sacred texts um they are a a highly literate society in and I've 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 moved away. I, I I no longer find the the Star Wars is mostly a literate thesis compelling, but I do think broadly like it's it's maybe got the literacy of like the sixteenth century um or seventeenth century where there's plenty of people who can read and there's certainly enough for the levels of um mm-hmm. interaction we see it when we get to like the mass produced armies, right? They're trained and they read manuals and all that. So it's like the, the Republic is is super literate in the parts of it that are the state. Um, but by and large, the Jedi have... Oh, yeah. All, yeah. The, all the bureaucrats can read and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everyone else... <laughs> right, well, it's... Because it's, it's, it's... I mean, maybe the, the more accurate comparison, right, is like when, instead of like 17th century, but we're looking at like... Um, it sits somewhere between like uh, the, 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 the early printing press era and the um, like where the Russia was in like 1910 where you have a mass mm-hmm. army, you have um, plenty of people who read, but you also have a vast population that is extremely rural. If they had any schooling, it was exceptionally minimal mm-hmm. uh, because Star Wars is largely a peasant universe on top of this. But all that fits into this notion that Jedi are passed down as a literate um, and uh, self-archiving mm-hmm. class like the like the, like the medieval clergy, like... Um, when it, when it is a holocron, but not the most illuminated manuscript possible. Um, yeah. And, and also like created in the same process, right? Those aren't, those aren't mass produced. Those are, those are one offs um, that you have to have special abilities and knowledge to read. So I think there's something um, really interesting about that as a, as a sort of keepers and nerds of history, which helps probably when they could also uh, see some into the future, having history to consult for that is super handy. Um, and as they lose mm-hmm. sight, they don't really have a great archive of what happens when we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like, um, so, um, there's Tython. There's a library on Tython. In Legends, there's a library on Tython that gets destroyed, and that's, you know, the original uh, Sacred Jedi texts. 
And then they moved to Ossus, um, and that is destroyed during the Great Sith War, which happens in Tales of the Jedi, and they were only able to take, like, 5 or 10% of the stuff that they had, like, their off-world before it was destroyed. Um, and the, like, Jedi archives have been attacked and burned a few times, you know, through, uh, it happens in SWOTOR, um, the MMO and stuff like that. So, like, it, they... Um, they do, they have this wealth of information it's like this huge thing but like over time and for various reasons you know some of them their own fault and some a lot of them you know obviously not they how the library Osis was destroyed and you know then the jedi archives have been attacked again so you know they've kind of got this thing where um they have this knowledge and they have a lot of like secret knowledge that is their own internal stuff that they've created, but it keeps getting winnowed down and down and down because of stuff that happens to them. And, you know, you, you just, you have like this dwindling, this dwindling knowledge base. And I mean, in, in KOTOR two, there's like a whole, you know, that, that's, that's Michael, basically Michael's whole character is just, you know, like somebody has to rebuild the archives. Uh, you know, we're fucked if we forget everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh yeah so uh research study good job um another another thing another big thing the jedi do is they do like they 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 work to rebuild worlds you know they they're out there they're like managing projects and shit like that that's um you know that's that's one of the things that uh you know that happens they they work out there and that um i'm trying to think there was an example i had of someone from uh from from the narrative oh Vruk Lamar does that a little bit on Dantooine and KOTOR 2 yeah everybody loves Vruk Lamar right best best Jedi master ever yeah so uh, they you know they 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 do rebuild they work rebuilding worlds and rebuilding cities and, and and stuff like that like after disasters you know so they kind of have like a uh a red cross um feel to them although not as corrupt as the red cross somehow um which that's a damning indictment of the red cross i was gonna i was gonna lean on like a national guard or an army corps of engineers but those are also not necessarily uh bastions of public interest always though they (laughs) they certainly do some good works um yeah but yeah i mean that's sort of the thing is one of the things that uh we don't See, and this is partly how the narrative is just structured and partly because it focuses in. If you've got a universe with a class of superpowered religious figures, it makes sense to spend a lot of time on them. But we don't really get to yeah. see a tremendous amount of like what is the rest of state capacity. And uh, But also it, what we do see, it hinges heavily on the Jedi are state capacity. Um, they are responsible sort of as intermediaries if they aren't like directly doing everything. But if you can have Jedi go lead efforts um, to rebuild or to repair or like rescue missions and things, it's a really, it's quite, um, quite the, the task to put on their, their shoulders as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I mean, you know, that's something that uh it, it's it's something where you know you 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 see one of the more selfless aspects of the jedi there you know like they're uh, they're out there and i mean like 99% of the jedi far more than 99% like don't get paid and they won't even accept like 
offers like you know people you know will be like oh thank you take this you know pendant and they're like no you know i can't you know can't do that yeah and i mean so you know it's one of those things where like yeah they're just they're basically just out there doing like the pure like the pure good of the jedi you know like in the you're you're helping rebuild you know somebody's shattered life and you're using your superpowers to pull boulders off of things and move stuff around you know it's like you know Hey, that's that's what you guys should be doing, right? That nope, nope, nope. We're just gonna end up getting involved in a war and do resource extraction. Okay, okay, great, good job, guys. Thanks for that. Clone Wars, Jedi, great. Yeah. Anyway, um, a, another big one, and you know, one of the biggest ones we ever see uh, is uh, training of new Jedi. There are so many Jedi teachers and you know a long time ago in the old Republic there were you know they had all the the outposts and everything like that and it was just like you know the the Jedi a Jedi master kind of ran them they ran their stuff willy-nilly um and uh and so um you know you've just got all these teachers and they're doing things in various ways but I mean again training to me is one of those things like you know you, you, they, they have to be trained. Like you, you can't just have people, you know, manifesting superpowers and not learning about them. Otherwise, you know, they're just gonna, you know, freak out and try to protect themselves and pull a building down, you know, or something, you know, it's like this without, without training, you just end up with the, the brotherhood of evil Jedi and with training, you yeah, get Luke yeah. Skywalker's school for gifted youngsters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, like, doing the whole training thing like in you know in sci-fi or fantasy or whatever you know is difficult because you know it's like you know everything just end up ends up looking like Xavier's school yeah from from x-men but you know at the same time like you you know they they have to have it and they have to have these things they have a curriculum and they have teachers and everything like that and you know in attack of the clones you see the little jedi uh, you know, practicing with their little baby lightsabers, you know, and their, and their little uh, blast shields down over their head, you know. And something I always find funny is that they're all much better at it than Luke was um, <laughs> as an adult. I mean, obviously, they've had a lot of training, but still, Luke, big rube. Um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like, I mean, and this is, again, this is, you know, this is one of the things where, you know, you're, you're doing like the pure, you know, the, the pure goodness and the pure, uh, ideal of what the Jedi should be doing. Cause you are training and molding, you know, young minds to, uh, you know, not only, um, you know, protect themselves from the outside world and, and, and learn how to do that, but also to protect other people and, you know, go out and do that. And that's, you know, that's one of those things that's uh, that's such a big deal. And then you realize that every youngling that you see in the prequels and the Clone Wars is dead. Um, so, yeah, good uh, good times. Mm. Almost every, mm. almost every, probably every. Um, yeah. And it's one of the yeah. things, too, where because it's a, it's a religious order that um, is it's self-perpetuating by... Um, conscription seems a bit much, but it certainly... Um, it pulls from children throughout the galaxy yeah, and it yeah. doesn't like, it's not a, a warrior cast in the same way that it's like sort of passed down generationally within families. It sort of draws mm-hmm. across the universe and then brings them into, um, what certainly by the time that Yoda is running things is a nominally or, a, um, officially a, like a largely celibate order, except for, uh, mm-hmm. Kiadi Mundi. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and so you have so you have a really interesting sort of thing of that the the way to perpetuate Jedi is to know when force sensitive children happen and to train them and then to make sure that they pass on it's it's tradition passed on that you have to be brought into you aren't raised in it from birth it's really um and so that might explain too or might or certainly contributes to why they are so wedded to the republic which has the other sort of infrastructure and organizational structure that makes it easier to find them rather than just waiting for parents to go well my baby started throwing stones and reading my mind and i don't know what to do about it <laughs> please help my god please help me i'm going to die um man uh chasing a toddler really difficult now chasing a toddler that could throw stuff at you with its mind uh nah i'm good i'm out i'm out like i love you kid but i'm out <laughs> yeah i already I already get hit in the nuts enough as it is um um yeah so another thing um that comes up and, and you see it you know um sometimes is that you know the jedi who just live out in the galaxy and are just protecting people or you know uh, they live at a training outpost or something like that they also just like um they do like farming and like they they help out locals with problems you know it's a very like uh it's a very like um uh you know uh going out and like glad handing you know people in the local town and like somebody's like oh there's a cattle rustler and then like oh i gotta go stop the cattle you know and i mean like and that's a, like it's a, it's a very real thing that they that they do you know it's just like well um you know it, like a, I guess like an old West sheriff almost like, well, got to go down to the old Johnson place because uh, yeah, the, 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 the crimson dawn is back again, rustling cattle or whatever. And yeah, it's, and that's, you know, that's something that comes up and that, and I think uh, they've done like a conscious, they made a conscious effort to do it, but it's something that comes up a lot in the high Republic. Like the, the Jedi are out there and they're like doing, they're doing like stuff, like for people and you know it's like look this you know this is what the jedi do when they're doing good things and not just committing war crimes over and over and over again uh yeah they they like those they, they like the war crimes um you know and another of course um is they do policing they uh <laughs> they do um uh, you know what what you think of you know typically as policing you know like they're like they you know, patrolling a sector of, of one of the levels of Coruscant or like going after, you know, thieves or, or spice smugglers or, you know, something like stuff that you that like, you know, stuff that you think of when you think of just the general word policing, you know, and, and that is uh, what they do. And I did. And I just want to be clear that I don't mean like, uh, you know, when we're talking about, you know, like modern, you know, American policing and everything like that because the Jedi have their problems but I don't really ever recall a lot of the Jedi being like oh well we're gonna be extremely racist towards this you know certain groups of people and stuff like that and just you know kill first and ask questions later kind of thing um but yeah I mean they're they're still police you know in a lot of circumstances it's one of the things where like a lot of the tropes that Star Wars broadly borrows from are what you would have what would have been put on film in the 30s and 40s and then like sort of mm -hmm. inform this like throwback uh, adventure serial style um and so that means that when we see and like not that this really happens a ton in the movies but it certainly happens we see george lucas 
do his uh, his uh, neo noir detective story mm-hmm. at um, one of the opening the opening of Attack of the Clones. Um, and it leans on on all of those tropes, which puts like the police as the role of investigator, which is a whole and like detective and private eye and all that, mm-hmm. um, which is its own set of things that is uh, distinct and full of different problems from what we uh, have yeah. in modern policing. Um, but also, it's not going to uh, stop me from making a joke about uh, Anakin approaching the younglings and screaming a cab. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's dark. Um, <laughs> wow, that's dark. Even even for me, or even wow. Um, yeah, they yeah they they do some policing. Uh, in um, in the Night Errant series, Kara Holt. Uh, one of her things she did as a youngling was like uh, chase like drug smugglers on Coruscant, and there's a whole thing like that. And and so you know it's like uh, you know it's like the you know they're they're not uh not as bad you know as the real world counterparts by any stretch of the imagination but uh yeah still not great just just let that guy uh you know who lives 200 levels down on coruscant just let him uh get high it's it's not gonna hurt anyone i promise um and then lastly for for what they do um is the jedi service Corps, and this is for for padawans who flunk out uh of the order don't pass their trials for whatever reason but still want to serve the galaxy instead of going back to uh, homes um you know whatever home they might have after being taken when they were probably like three uh or maybe even younger so yeah um there are four agricultural cores and i just always find this like i I find the idea of you know like flunk out jedi uh you know just like uh being farmers um is as I just I love that I think I think that's what happens to like Obi-Wan in in Legends he like flunks out for some reason and then Qui-Gon stumbles upon him and he's like oh you're a farmer and, uh, and Obi-Wan's like well you know no I failed out because I'm a moron or what I don't remember I I've, I I don't I really don't remember that story at all just that he was there yeah so four Jedi service corps there's agricultural exploration medical and education uh, yeah, so a lot of those people, like you kind of see in the background of, uh, of, you know, the, the, the Jedi temple or the Jedi archives or something, they, they could very well be flunk out Jedi who are just, uh, you know, doing the education core thing. I keep, I keep waiting and, um, it might, it might exist. So, so let us know if you, if you've encountered it for the version of the, uh, the Jedi flunk out that is um like the equivalent of like trappist monks like who are the jedi who (laughs) don't who are the padawans who don't make it through their training but do get assigned agricultural production and then like ah you know what we should do we should just get really good at beer and that should be what we do um which is a cool and fine tradition um i think of one of the things i'm going to retreat from the world and get really good at brewing yeah yeah i'm gonna yeah yeah, the ag- the agricultural core is out there, and they've got you know they've got uh, they got uh, marijuana plants in one thing. They got barley, they got barley and rye and 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 hops, and yeah, and they're you know it's just you know they they they've grown they've 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 figured out you know how to move midichlorians to make the THC count super high, you know it's it's they they figured out how to make an IPA that doesn't taste like shit, you know, uh, or make. 
Oh yeah, just awful, just awful. Like uh, you know, like truth and justice. Like motherfucker, I do not want to smoke this shit. I do not want to smoke something called truth that reminds me of my of my duties. Get out of here. Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, exactly. He's yeah, it, like. Yeah, it, it, the the ideas for this are you know are are great. Um, the exploration core I like because you're like, oh yeah, I'm a Jedi archaeologist. Like, you know, do I get to carry my lightsaber? I don't need it for anything. I just want you know, I just I just want to carry my lightsaber out there and and you know, <laughs> carve fossils. I guess. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I did that all through Kotor, so I don't know why I'd stop. I don't know why I'd stop now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. Medical Corps, Education Corps. The Medical Corps kind of does. Uh, yeah, you know what they do. They they kind of like work in hospitals on Coruscant and other places. Um, in the Education Corps, you know, as I said, archivists, uh, lore keepers. You know, so get it. You know, the flunkouts uh, are the lore keepers. Get it? It's a it's a meta joke about uh, about people who write for star wars um <laughs> they made that joke not me i did i did not make that joke um you know anyway yeah so you know that's kind of uh that's kind of what the jedi do um you know we just wanted to go over it because you know next time we're going to talk about like you know what is like the what is what is the ideology of the jedi what are they um like, what do they believe and how does that base like what they do? And we're going to talk about these more grandiose concepts. But I mean, frankly, we just, you know, we don't ever talk about what is like a day in the life for just a Jedi. And we're like, yeah, there's 10,000 of them. They, you know, protectors of peace and justice, you know, and like for some of them, yeah, that means, you know, chasing smugglers and stuff. And for others, it's like, well, I uh, got to help the locals, uh, you know. They, they've got a problem with uh, with with uh, rodents in their crops again. So I got to go out, you know, and 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 deal with that. You know, it's just yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a it's a lot of stuff. And, and it's very it's varied, um, you know, and <laughs> you just yeah, you you, you could see how the uh, the high council, the Jedi high council kind of uh, um, uh they just the, the ivory tower, even if they don't want it to, the ivory tower ends up um, uh, cocooning them. Even if they don't want it, they they just get so removed from everything else. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, I guess I, I guess that'll do it uh, for this episode. But um, again, thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, we're recording this on uh, December twenty third, twenty twenty one. So uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah if you celebrate. Um, uh, you know everything else, uh, Kwanzaa as well. Uh, basically any holiday you celebrate, uh, have a happy and enjoyable and a safe one. Um, but in the meantime, Kelsey, where can everyone find you outside of this podcast? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Atherton KD. You can also find my Substack Wars of Future Past. This month I have something up talking about how the gameplay choices in Age of Empires 4 undermine its use as a teaching tool now that a college is asking is offering college credit for it um it's 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 more compelling than me being mad at the college i promise i promise i promise oh my goodness you finally become one of the council the council culture guys you you you're, you're getting a job at austin whatever austin university or whatever the fuck. just just give me grift dollars i don't need to do any of the grift it's really about age of empires and what what kind of gameplay choices it makes the the college is just the news hook, as it always is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, my name is Luke. 
You can find me uh, on Twitter at Luke's Amazing. You can find my other podcast about medieval history. Um, it's called We're Not So Different. You can find it on Twitter uh, at WNSDPod or uh, wherever you're listening to this. Just search for We're Not So Different and pick the one that uh, looks like it's about medieval history. Because um, there's another one, even though they don't post anymore. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening. And yeah, we'll see you next time.